something way above me. Put it that way. Praise God. Well, all right. Is everybody okay? <sighs> okay, praise God. I didn't know there for a while. It's touch and go. I was kind of worried. It was a little heavy this morning. And listen, I want to tell you something. When, when you're feeling that heaviness, don't be afraid to lift your hands and, and, and pray in the Spirit and you know, lift that heaviness. Amen? Now listen, so the title of this message, and I, I'm going to try to get through it. If I don't, that's all right. I'll come back to it. Um, next week, just to let you know, David and Vanessa Leach will be here bringing their testimony. Um, uh, powerful. It's powerful, powerful. You don't want to miss that. Um, so the title of this message, Things You May See in Church. You never thought you would. All right? So just some of the things we do in the charismatic church. Charismatic church, um, sometimes we're kind of a Pentecostal church, you can call it. Um, You know, but it's Pentecostal. Some, some, Some people say it's full gospel. That means we believe the whole Bible and everything that's in there. And, and, um, but there's some things you may see. And I want to start off with some of the, the, just some of the simpler things. And, and I want to, I'll read this scripture verse to you first. And then, uh, and then I'll, I'll, I'm going to jump around a little bit, so kind of bear with me. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1 through 11 says this. These are the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Now it says, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant. Now, I did a teaching not long ago about tongues, because that's the big thing in this church that people's all afraid of, about tongues. Well, you know, I'm going to tell you right now, um, if you're afraid of tongues and you don't want to talk in tongues, you don't have to worry about ever talking in tongues. Okay, you're not going to walk down the street one day and then, and all of a sudden you start blabbing in tongues. No, you've got to do the talking. You sure turn it on, you turn it off. So I don't want you to be concerned about that. So I've already done... We, we taught a lot about tongues and, and what that is and, and, and why it is a manifestation of the Spirit, okay? So the Holy Spirit. Now, there are some things sometimes that get a little bit out of the parameters of the Bible that can get kind of fruity, and we, we don't want that. We want to be decent and in order, um, but I want to continue here. Let me, let me um, continue, and then I'll come back to that. It can also now ignorant that word ignorant means not to perceive or to know or not to understand or comprehend. And the reason I want to talk about some of these things, some people have come out of some maybe tradi- more traditional churches or some people are just out of the world and never seen anything like this. And so when they see somebody up here and they're waving flags, they're saying, well, gosh, that's kind of new. We've never done that in our church. By God, you're not even allowed to leave your pew in our church. And, you know, so this is weird, man. And I want you to understand that, that, that it's okay. Um, and, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that. The Amplified Bible says this. Now, about spiritual gifts, the special endowments of, and I don't like this word supernatural energy because the Holy Spirit isn't an, an energy, it's a person. Um, Brethren, I don't want you to be misinformed. You know that when you were Gentiles, carried away by these dumb idols, how, how you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is the Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversity of gifts, but the same Spirit. There's differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but in the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another 
faith by the same Spirit, to another gift of healing by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another interpretations of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing each one individually as He wills. Now, there's nine manifestations of the Holy Spirit. How many of you have ever had a sliver in your finger? Yeah, and especially if you get that treated lumber sliver. Man, those babies, guess what? It's there a couple of days, something manifests. Pain, it hurts until you get that baby out of there, right? So... That sliver manifested pain. The Holy Spirit manifests these, these, these things. There's nine gifts, three categories. Revelation gifts, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits. There's power gifts, three of those, faith, working of miracles, and gifts of healing. And then there's what we consider inspiration gifts, speaking in tongues, interpretation tongues, and prophecy. Now, I'm going to leave that there, and I'm going to come back. So, about flags... Because a lot of times we see flags. Now, in the Bible, they use different words rather than just flag. They use standards. That was a word in the Bible. You see something the word says. They stood before their standard. That was the flag, their flag that they were talking about. And um, they were used as signals. They used them as markers to mark their government, the tribe. In war, they used different flags. In rejoicing as a symbol for the Messiah was one of the names of the Lord. Uh, um, Jehovah Nisi is my banner, okay? So when you see people waving flags, it's a form of worship. We're worshiping God with our flag, with our banner. He is our banner, and we're worshiping Him. So it is a form of worship. And so um, we see, actually, in, the, the, uh, in Exodus 17, 15, Moses built an altar and called its name, the Lord is my banner. Or this is Yahweh Nisi, we, which means the Lord is my banner. And also they use um, these banners as a marker. Um, tribes they had different banners. And if you ever get a chance to visit Lational Christian Fellowship, we have a gal that, that um, she actually painted the 12 banners of the 12 tribes of Israel um, on the wall. And I mean, she did it by hand. It's a, absolutely amazing. Um, and they all had these banners. So when you see people waving banners and flags and worshiping God, it's a form of worship. It is, all we're doing is glorifying God, okay? So, you can understand that, again, that may be a little different to some because, well, we've never seen that before. We've never experienced that before. But that's okay. Um, and there's some other things. If you've ever visited here and you get these little cards, we've got some of this stuff on here to kind of explain what you may see in a service because you may not be here on the Sunday that we teach about. But it's in there, and we've got Bible verses to go along with it. So let me, I'm going to skip around a little bit because I want to hit some of them and then I'll come back. Um, being slain in the Spirit. Now, being slain in the Spirit, you may see people come up and when we pray for people, you may see them fall down. And you'll think, well, geez, that's kind of kooky. Um, I remember my wife. She was at a Benny Hinn meeting one time. And, and again, her and I both came out of a more of a traditional church and and. There's people on the platform, and they'd come up, and she, he'd pray for them, and they'd fall down, and she's, you've you got to understand my wife, she's just so pure and so innocent in her thinking. She's thinking, he must have some kind of smelling salts or something in his hand that when they go up there, you know, it's like, you know, uh, what is, what's that stuff that you put over your face, and it makes you go to sleep? Chloroform. chloroform. She's thinking, maybe he's got chloroform in his rag or ether or something, and, he, and they're, and she's like, I just don't know about this. Well, 
I, now, this was up in Canada somewhere, and her and another gal from Cedarville, Benny Hinn called them out up on the platform. She walked up, boom, down she went. She said, I, she, I don't remember any of it. She said, all I remember is waking up on the floor. Now, so, is that biblical? Yes, but here's where it is. I'm going to give you a couple scripture verses, and then I want to talk about it, and I'm going to get really real with you. Because, you know, there's times where if you are slain in the Spirit, you may go down and you may not remember anything. And then there are times that you are just basically allowing the Holy Spirit to put you down. You can choose or not. Because, and one thing, and reason I want to bring this up, because we had a season, and I am all for, hey, if, if, but I'm going to tell you something. When I pray for people, if you go down, it's going to have to be the Holy Spirit. Because I'm going to have my hands behind your head locked like this. You're going to have, because I, you're never, ever, ever going to accuse me of pushing anybody down to make it look like God's moving. Because one of the things we had in the body of Christ we have to be careful of is that you come up for prayer, and if you don't fall down, God didn't do anything. No, God can touch you right in your chair without ever falling out of your chair or doing anything just as powerfully as you can when you come. But if you get slain in the Spirit, that's okay too. It's, it's of God. And here's what it says in John 18. They answered him, 18 verse 5, they answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. They said, who do, we, who do you say they am? Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am he. He declared, I am God. And Judas, who betrayed him, also stood with them. Now when he said, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. Now they were there to arrest him. They weren't there to worship him. But the presence of God, when the presence of God gets heavy on people or around people, or some of you may have come in and you, you sense this presence of God and you just, you're just there. Sometimes it's overwhelming and sometimes your flesh... It can do different things. I've seen people shake. I've seen people laugh. I've seen people cry. I've seen people fall down. Now, I want to tell you this. I also saw people crawling around and barking like a dog. If you crawl around and bark like a dog, our ushers are going to haul you out here and deliver you of something. That is not God. I'm sorry. I can't see anywhere in the Bible where the manifestation of the Spirit is you crawl around and slither around like a snake and bark like a dog. Voodoo does do that. All right? Different spirit. I'm going to tell you right now, the Holy Spirit is never going to make you do something that your will will not allow Him to do. You have a will. Okay? So, I can control when I pray in tongues, when I don't pray in tongues. I can control some things of the Spirit. Now, when the Spirit of God speaks to you, your flesh, it can be overwhelming to you. And some people have never experienced that. Look at that very skeptically and say, well, I don't think that's God. Be very careful. I want to be very careful how I judge things. But yet, there's some things by the Spirit I know that's not God, that's flesh. And we have to get... See, I'm not into... And I said this last week. I'm not into church growth. I'm into discipleship making. And if we make disciples, disciples are mature, spiritually mature people that can discern the difference. Now, we got a young person come in, they're all enthusiastic and they get off a little bit. I'm not going to crush them, but I'm going to gently correct them. And please, please do not get offended if there's something you're doing that gets corrected. 
don't, don't get offended by that. Rejoice that God cares enough about you to correct you in it. Because here's what happens. And I've got to tell you, if there's something that is out of order, as the pastor here, I have an obligation to stand up here and say, error. Why? Because here's what happens. People walk out of here and they have their own little conversation about, man, that was fruity, that was flaky, that's not God, and nothing's getting said, and here's what happens. Pretty soon the fruity, flaky people stay here, and the stable, mature people say, I don't want any part of this, and I'm out of here. I have an obligation to the Lord and to you to make sure things are in order. If I'm wrong, I will stand up here and repent. Hey, I missed that. But I will tell you, I will always err on the side of caution when it comes to spiritual things. I'd much rather say, hey, let's take a look at this, okay? But I think the worst thing we can do is pretend that it didn't happen or pretend it'll go away or, or pretend it. Because what happens to that person that comes here that maybe is a visitor that doesn't have a clue what's going on and thinking, that is weird. If there is, and I'll talk about this later, if there is a tongue and an interpretation of tongue, I am going to come up here and say, yes, we can receive that because it meets all the criteria. It's built up. There was a tongue. There was an interpretation. That's biblical. You have to have one. Or I will say, if there is a tongue and there is an interpretation, I'll say, we miss God there. No harm, no foul. Don't get offended about that. But let's be mature about this and understand that we want things decent in order because I want you to understand it's not just about what's going on in here. All of this is so that we can go out there with the power of God to make a difference out there. My question has always been this. Why is it that things, some things manifest right here that never manifest out there? I just wonder. I, I'm, not, I'm not making a judgment. Now, I know when we're in the presence of God and we're worshiping corporately, there's a different a presence of God can come when there's corporate worship. And some different things can happen. But I've been out there when the Spirit of the Lord has come upon me. And I've had a word for somebody or prayer for somebody, and you know, but there's other things that have happened here that don't happen to me out there. And I'm not judging that this is wrong or that's wrong. I'm just saying we need to be careful of what we're doing and why we're doing it. Because I've had more people turned off by the charismania than have been drawn by the Spirit of God. And, and listen... I hope I'm not bumming you out today, but we're at a place where we have got to be real about what God is doing, because what's happened is the enemy has tried to bring the false, the fake, the unreal, so that when the real shows up, people will say, nope, seen that before, not going there. Okay, so we've got to be, I, I just, and again, not that I've seen anything that's out of order here, because if there was, I would say, but I'm just saying. This is what maturity looks like in the body of Christ, in my opinion. If you don't agree with me, please don't be offended. We can agree to disagree. But as long as I'm accountable and responsible, I've got to do what I feel God's calling me to do and telling me to do and how he's telling me to do it. Because whether you like it or not, even in the spiritual realm, there are parameters that God has set. So, this slaying in the Spirit... Now, in Acts chapter 9, and verse 4, we're talking about Paul. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone from around him. He fell to the ground, and he heard the voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Many times, 
when you see in the Bible where the presence of God is there, people fall. Now, maybe they're just falling willingly to worship Him. Some, it said at the tomb, they fell down as if dead. That the presence of God showed up and the guards fell down as if dead. So when you see somebody slain in the Spirit, you can see that is in the Bible. It's okay. You don't have to worry about that. You don't have to question that. Again, they start squirming around and barking. And, and One thing I know about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit always, always, always directs everything to God. The minute you draw attention to you, you're already in error. Got pretty quiet in this charismatic church really quick. But, and, and I'm not trying, listen, please, I'm not trying to be a heavy. You have a question? Sure. A little different, huh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You can't keep them quite sure. They're kids. Sure, I was too the first time I went to a Pentecostal church. Well, see, I did the same thing. I went to a Pentecostal church in, in North Carolina. I mean, the Southern Pentecostal church, man. Whoo! I'm talking, you know, I mean, the first church of Jesus Christ of Pentecostal holiness. They had it all covered, man, and they were, they were Pentecostal, Pentecostal, and I... I came from a very conservative church, you know, and I sat in the back like, these people are out of their mind. But there was something about it that drew me my, in my spirit. I, in my mind, I was like, you guys are nuts. I'm never, they, these people are Fruit Loops. And I don't want people to look at me and look at me like some kind of a Fruit Loop. But there was something about it. The spirit drew me back to that place. And once, once and again, once I embraced Christ, this is the difference. Don't embrace the manifestation. Embrace Christ. That's the key. We're not chasing signs. We're chasing Him. The signs will follow. Okay? So, understand if you see somebody slain in the Spirit, in Revelation 1.17, it says, And when I saw Him, I fell at His feet as dead. But He laid His right hand on me, saying, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. Now, laying out of hands, and we do this a lot, and anointing with oil. Mark 16, 18. They'll take up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, it by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. That's why we lay hands on people. Okay? Because the Bible says right there. It says in James 5, 14. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of the faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. So, again... That's another thing you may see. I say, hey, you need prayer for this, that, and the other. We'll pray for people. We'll lay hands on people. Um, for, we'll, and a lot of times when we lay hands on people, we are what we're doing is laying hands on them and agreeing with them in prayer for something maybe to be broken in their lives. But the anointing with oil, all that, so maybe you've never seen that before. That's in the Bible. That's why we do it. Okay? I can't think of a better... A better thing, I've been many times in my life when I have come into church, and man, I am just, I'm, I'm under it. I'm having a day. And somebody comes up to me and says, hey, 
Pastor, can I, can I pray for you? Like, thank God. Yes. And they hands on you, and, and they encourage you. And it's important. And it's, and it's good. Amen? So that's another reason that we, we... So when you see that, it's okay. When you see people lifting their hands... Now, when you first come into a church like this, you're like, I ain't raising my hand. You know, I've, I've had... This is a testimony of somebody else. I first came to that church. I'm not doing that. And then pretty soon you see them, and they're kind of... Yeah, 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 yeah. Flat screen, big screen, you know, touchdown. If you were, if you were at the, if you were at the, uh, the Valentine's Day dinner, you know exactly where we're taking Mufasa. Yeah, wash the windows. You know, anyway, different forms. But it says in Psalm 618, Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. In Psalms 134.2, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. 1 Timothy 2.8, I desire therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath or doubting. That's one of the reasons you'll see people raising their hands, and it's okay. Do you have to? No. But you can. And I'll tell you what, there's something freeing when you can come to church and go, Jesus, I need you. <laughs> Rather than... Boy, I sure hope, God, you hear me? No. No, we come humbly but boldly to the throne of grace. So there's freedom in that. Now, I want to talk about, got a few minutes left. Let me get back to where I was supposed to be here. All right. Now, you may hear, and once in a while I have, I have flowed in this, and I know that there's others here that also flow in this, what's called the, the word of knowledge. 1 Corinthians first chapter, uh, chapter 12, the word of knowledge is one of the nine gifts. Now, let's break it down. The word is logos, the spoken word. The word spoken, not written, but spoken. But what are you speaking? You're speaking the word. Okay, the word. Okay? And then this word knowledge, so we're talking about word of knowledge. Knowledge in the Greek is gnosis. It's knowing or recognition, the knowledge or understanding of a thing, insight, if you will, a spiritual insight into something. I may be preaching along, and the Lord gives me a word of knowledge. You know, and I, I pray in tongues, they say, the Lord shows me that you're dealing with this, or you're dealing with that, or you're dealing with this, and, and you know, the Lord says this. And that should be a confirmation to you. If the word of knowledge is proper, it should be a confirmation to you. It would be like me saying to you, I've got this word of knowledge. You are to go to Africa to be a missionary. That better not be a revelation to you. Because you better take me with you to tell you when you're supposed to come home. It better be something that God's already putting you. God is going to talk to you about you before he talks to me about you. But that is what the word of knowledge is. All right? Just obeying God. All right? That's what the word of knowledge is. Okay? So it's an insight. And it's a, it's a the Lord shows me this. And, and when we used to travel and preach, God used me in the word of knowledge a lot. Because when you're, what, in the charismatic realm, we've kind of said we're reading your mail. 
Something that there's no way that somebody could know about you. And that was one of the things that when I would go and travel and preach, would actually give confirmation that, okay, we know this guy is legit, because I would talk to somebody, have a word of knowledge. I had never talked to them, never spoke to them. And that's why when we have speakers here, I do never, ever, ever discuss church business with them before the service, ever. Because they're not going to come with some knowledge, prior knowledge that I've given them about your situation. It's going to have to come from God. I'll talk to them about it after, but I'm not going to talk to them before because I want it to be the Spirit of God and not something they already know. Okay? So, so the word of knowledge, where can you find that in the Bible? There's all, it's all over. Um, let me see right here. I'll give you one. Okay, this is a great one. Jesus with the woman at the well. Jesus said under, go call your husband to come back here. And the woman answered, I have no husband. Jesus said, you have said, well, you have no husband. For you've had five husbands, and the man you're living with right now is not your husband. I perceive you to be a prophet. That was a word of knowledge. And, and not just Jesus. Ananias, um, at the conversion of Paul, Cornelius, um, there's all kinds of them in the Bible where, um, you know, they, Ananias and Sapphira, they came and lied to the Holy Spirit. And he said, hey, wait a second. I perceive that you have lied to the Holy Spirit. And they fell down dead. Boy, boy you want to build a doctrine on that. Because, <laughs> you know, there's a whole lot of people that lie to the Holy Spirit today. And I'm like, mm, not touching it. Not going to touch it. You never know. All right? So, the word of knowledge is also in the Bible. So, what I wanted to do today is I wanted to kind of take you some, through some of these things so that you understand what God is doing when you see it. Because one of the worst, and I remember when I was first born again, man, I was so on fire. I didn't care, man. I was I, praying in tongues, didn't matter. But you know, have you ever had one of those things where you invite somebody to church? And you're almost like... I hope the pastor doesn't pray in tongues today. I hope there's no prophecy. I hope there's no, oh my goodness, because they're going to think we're flaky. Listen to me. This is the Spirit of God. You don't have to worry about it being flaky. Even if it's strange to them or weird to them, or it, it's, it's, it's going to be weird to them because they're, they're from the world. And it's going to be strange. But there's something about it. The Spirit is going to draw them in it. I'm telling you, it'll happen. Listen, I was as freaked out as you can get when I went to the first Pentecost church I ever went to. I'd never seen anything like that, ever. And I mean, these people, I mean, they were getting down. I was like, whew. And as freaked out and as weird as it looked to me, there was still that spirit that drew me back. And I went back to that thing, and I said, well, all right. And sure enough, man, God was moving. Come on up here, son. Yep, you. Nope, not going to embarrass you, not going to do nothing. just want to bless you today. <laughs> now, I, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be, I'm blessing, but I, I'm, I'm blessing some folks today and, you know, by the Spirit, but I want you to know it's not coming out of my pocket. Um, this is from, through someone else that doesn't want to be named said, listen, four people need to be blessed today. And so I'm just, we're just going to obey God, see? So, so understand that's, that's kind of what's going on. So um, it doesn't have anything to do with their sitting, looking prettier, 
you know, answering all the questions the right way. Or, you know, or you're the next contestant on The Price is Right. So, yeah, so I just wanted, I just wanted to touch on some of these things because these are some things you're going to see in church. And I don't want you walking away saying, was that God? Wasn't that God? I'm going to do my very best. Again, understand that I'm going to do my very best. Even if someone is in there, I'm not going to try to embarrass them or hurt them. You know, but we'll, we'll lovingly try to correct them. And most of the time when you lovingly try to correct somebody, they get offended and leave. And that's not my heart. But what I want people to understand, I don't want people walking out of here wondering, was that God? Wasn't that God? Is this good? Isn't this good? No. I'll let you know. But I just want you to know because we got new people here. Like, so you, you, we've got some young people here. May not ever seen anything like this before. I mean, you come here, man, all of a sudden people are falling down, they're praying in tongues and... And, you know, as far as this tongues and interpretation of tongues, I want you to understand something. There's a difference between you praying in your prayer language in tongues and the tongues and interpretation of tongues. Tongues is, when there has got to be an interpretation, it is demonstrative. That's a big word. That's a big word for me. What that means is there is no doubt somebody is speaking in a tongue. And when it's loud, then we'll hush and we will wait. Then there needs to be an interpretation. Okay? There needs to be. And we'll wait for one until either one comes or wasn't, one doesn't come. A lot of times the person that has the tongue will have the interpretation, but I've seen it, it doesn't matter how it comes, there's got to be an interpretation. All right? So, how can you tell the difference between somebody that is just getting exuberant in their prayer language and a tongue and interpretation? Sometimes it's difficult. We'll try to discern that. But I have gone to people and asked them, is this a tongue or are you just praying? Because I need to know. Because I don't want there to be any confusion. You understand what I'm saying? Because that's where the enemy comes. When confusion comes and then doubt rolls in and then all of a sudden the enemy's bringing fractions and factions and, well, I'm... You know, I don't believe in that. I don't like that. Well, I've just showed you several places where it is in the Bible and those things will happen, and it's all good. And we'll keep things decent and in order. But I'm going to tell you, in the spiritual realm, decent and in order is very different than what the natural realm is, decent and in order. Sometimes, spiritual realm, things can get messy, and they look strange, and it looks messy. I'm telling you, but there's nothing more important than allowing the Spirit to be able to move in people's lives without hindering, but keeping it decent and in order at the same time. Amen? All right, so, everybody still love your pastor? Okay, praise God. You know, you never know, you never know. Because one thing I always have to fall back on, my wife loves me, she's got no choice. I mean, she can say she doesn't love me. God will smite her. <laughs> because when she made that vow, it's, uh, yep, I'm going to love you, better or worse. I got the better, she got the worse. Deal with it. <laughs> Praise God. Well, listen, I just want to pray over you today. God bless you. Father, we thank you. I pray, Lord, that people have ears to hear what the Spirit is, is, is saying to them today, Lord, 
Forgive me, Lord, if, if my words weren't quite right. And Lord, I just pray that people will understand the heart of what's being said here and the spirit of what's being said here, Lord. Because, Lord, you have called this body to some tremendously big, great things to do. And, Lord, we need to have things right. And, Lord, we can't be distracted. We need to be focused on what you've called us to do and the direction we're going. Lord, we fully expect the manifestations of the Holy Spirit to operate, the gifts to operate in this church. Lord, decent and in order, but, Lord, operate nonetheless, but that we can see many, many, many come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and many, 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 Lord, be discipled in you. So we give you all the glory and all the praise in Jesus' powerful name. Amen and amen.